Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. How, 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 how. What up, world? Welcome to another episode of the RJO Show. My name is RJ Ochoa, your humble host. I am a staff writer at InsideTheStar.com, your home for the best Dallas Cowboys news and analysis on the web. Obviously, the host here on the RJO Show and the host of Ocho Live, your only daily Dallas Cowboys video streaming option. Watch every day at 3 p.m. Central Time on Twitter. Periscope or the Inside the Star Facebook live feed. The RJO Show is presented to you by Slant Sports Audibles, and we are here every single week to talk about the National Football League. That's right, football. It's what we love, it's what we crave, and it's what we enjoy. Let's talk about it. It is currently week five of the 2016 NFL season, and there is a lot going on on there's been a lot going on we have a lot of content available for you if you are a member of cowboys nation at insidethestar.com for you to check out about the cowboys upcoming matchup with the cincinnati Bengals. lots of episodes on ocho live and obviously here a new episode on the rjo show let's talk about it there is some stuff going on that i have thoughts on i hope you are comfortable maybe you're sitting in your living room you got a bowl of popcorn maybe you're driving on the road if so get those hands at the 10 and 2 position crank the radio up and let me guide you to your destination. So, first thing that we need to discuss is the poor San Diego Chargers. I feel so badly for the San Diego Chargers. Jason Verrett, their star cornerback, is on IR now. And if you remember last week, Jimmy Jalsethna and I, we talked about what would happen with, you know, in terms of between week four and the rest of the season. What number would be larger, the number of Chargers lost for the season or the number of combined wins between the Browns and the Bears? Jimmy took the Chargers, and so far, they're all square. Last week, the uh, the Chargers, you know, uh, obviously losing Jason Verrett and the Chicago Bears getting a win, so things are tied up at one apiece. We'll see what happens between here and and the rest of the road. We're coming off of a Thursday night football game, one of the most boring games of the 2016 season. The Arizona Cardinals were in San Francisco on Thursday, October 6th, to take on the 49ers, came away with the win 33-21. to And if you, didn't miss, you know, if you didn't watch this game, we had an Ocho Live afterwards, and it was nothing, you know, the game itself was nothing special. The score sounds way more exciting than the game actually was. But my goodness, there was a lot of punts going on early. It took forever for there to be a completed pass. Obviously, Carson Palmer didn't play. Drew Stanton got things going for the Cardinals and for Bruce Arians. You know, the Cardinals, I think, needed this game. They needed to feel a sense of uh, optimism, a sense of accomplishment, because the Cardinals entered this game 1-3, and three, surprisingly, coming off of, you know, back-to-back losses to the Bills and to the Rams. And so it gave the Cardinals a chance to get a win under their belt. They have a long week of preparation now before they play the Jets in Week 6. And you know what? In terms of the Cardinals, my goodness, David Johnson is amazing. David Johnson is probably the second-best running back in the NFC right now. You could argue in the NFL. The only one in terms of, you know, an ideal situation where all health is there, Adrian Peterson, probably the only one who's better than David Johns right now. He's so smooth, had 27 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns. Larry Fitzgerald proved that he will never age, six catches, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. And that was really all she wrote. Carlos Hyde, you know, I think is quietly having a solid season for the 49ers, had 22 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. Blaine Gabbert on the ground, 10 carries, 70 yards and a touchdown but that was it this game was you know you look at it and there were chants among the 49er faithful uh for Colin Kaepernick to come in Colin Kaepernick taking a knee before the game during the national anthem as he's been doing for some time now and you know this this situation is so interesting with the 49ers because it's Chip Kelly in his first year. He's trying to build his team, get his guys. They've got Blaine Gabbard. Obviously they have Colin Kaepernick, but now he has this 
whatever you want to call it, this attachment to him with, you know, his protesting and things like that. And, you know, I'm not saying he's right or wrong either way, but what we need to acknowledge is that it's a factor in terms of him. If you're a general manager, if you're a head coach, if you're an owner, that's a factor in terms of Colin Kaepernick being on your team, being your starting quarterback, being the face of your franchise, which is what a quarterback is, that is a factor. And it's something that has to be considered. And so some people might say, well, maybe, you know, because Blaine Gabbert, again, he did have 70 yards on the ground and that was cool, but he was pretty awful. Blaine Gabbert was. And the 49ers are now one in four with no real sense of direction. So why not put Colin Kaepernick in? Why not do it? Is it because they don't want to give Colin a spotlight? Maybe. That's where sports are. That's what sports are for, for us to talk about these things. Now, I don't know that I believe that, but I do believe that there's a conversation about it. I believe because, again, if you're the coach, the owner, the general manager, it's not just should we start quarterback B instead of quarterback A because it's a huge deal. And because the fans are chanting for Cap to come in the game out there in Santa Clara where it looked like 20 people attended the game, I think this is a – a precarious position for the 49er, you know, front office to be in and one that they're going to have difficulty navigating for the rest of this season. The 49ers, look, are they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. But now they have this added issue, you know, a quarterback controversy potentially and one of them having a, a huge sense of media following him for everything he's doing again, whether you agree with it or not, that is true. I think that this is going to get spicy in San Francisco, and I don't know that Chip Kelly is the person with the composure who is ready for it and and equipped to handle it. We saw how Chip Kelly sort of faded in Philadelphia last season when the water got hot, and so I don't have a whole lot of faith in him in that regard. But either way, week five has begun with the Cardinals getting a win over the 49ers, and a lot will be happening throughout the rest of the weekend in terms of that. On Sunday, we got some great games coming up and on Monday Night Football. But before we get to those, and again, if you didn't notice, it's just you and me today. There is no guest. There's no co-host. There's no nothing. We are doing this thing Han style, solo. There's a, an issue here that I really want to talk about, and I tweeted about it. You should follow me on Twitter, at RJ Ochoa. So news came out on Thursday, October 6th, that the NFL had a meeting, a conference call, with their social media coordinators for each team. Each team has a team of social media members, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Redskins, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Dolphins, you name it, they have a team of social media because these are the people who run the Twitter accounts and the Instagram accounts and the Snapchat accounts, and they make all the graphics and all this stuff. They do great work, all of them. And the NFL told them that beginning this weekend that the NFL is going to fine teams if they post unapproved video or GIFs. Now, GIFs is spelt G as in good, I-F-S. GIFs is a, a you know a short uh, sort of word. It just means a short clip, a short video clip that plays over and over. If you've been on any sort of social media, you've seen GIFs before. And teams will post a, a GIF. If you know uh, David Johnson runs in for a touchdown, the Cardinals will post a little GIF, a little clip of that on their Twitter for you to see. The NFL said... No more. We do not want you to do that. And if you do, you're going to get fined. The first offense, $25,000. The second offense, $50,000. This is absurd, if you really think about it for a second, because the NFL is trying to control everything. The NFL is trying to tell social media coordinators for each respective team that they can't post videos about their team. And they actually told them that they can't even do it until after 60 minutes past the game. So if a Sunday night football game, for example, ends at 10.30 p.m. Central Time, and let's just say this Sunday night, the Packers-Giants, the the Packers and Giants social media coordinators can't post any unapproved, which again is video content of the game. They can't post anything until at least 11.30 p.m. Central Time. Now, why 60 minutes? I I talked about this on OHL Live after Thursday Night Football. People said, why 60 minutes? That doesn't make sense. That's a weird number. That's because 60 minutes after the game, 
the hype has faded. Think about it for a second. Think about after a game ends, particularly a primetime game, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night football. What's the first thing you do as soon as the game is over? I hope the answer is fire up Ocho Live and come hang out with me. But when I was in high school, when I was growing up, when I was watching football, you know, a lot as a kid, the first thing I did is I flipped over to NFL Network. I flipped over to SportsCenter so that I could hear all the analysts talk about the slew of games we'd just seen. And I could hear them talk about the Cowboys, who I'm a fan of. And I could hear them and their thoughts. And that's what you do. And so, but more than 60 minutes, 61 minutes after the game, that hype has faded. Again, if it's a primetime game, by that time, you're typically getting ready for bed, you're going to sleep, because 60 minutes is the primetime window for content to come out. That's when all of the newspapers and websites are writing their articles and getting them done, because that's when the euphoria is at its peak. And the NFL is trying to own that time even more than the team official accounts, which is crazy. And it's actually counterproductive, because what people love about social media and about these team accounts is that they're unique. For example, the Panthers Twitter account is so funny. The Panthers Twitter account, it's its not just some corporate account that just tweets out you know, articles or whatever. They have a personality to them. And we've seen you know, teams get in trouble for this. I remember the Houston Rockets two years ago after they beat the Dallas Mavericks, they tweeted an emoji of a horse and then the emoji of the gun as if they had, you know, destroyed the Mavericks or whatever. And that, I believe the, you know, people think that interns run social media accounts. That's not true, but that person got fired. And obviously that's going way too far. But the point is, is that personality behind these accounts is what makes them enjoyable. That's what makes people like them. And the ability to use videos and to use gifts aids in that regard and makes people bigger fans of them. Now, the the element that the NFL doesn't like about this is that if you have to miss a game, and maybe one of you have, have experienced this, if you have to miss a game for whatever reason, we're at a day and age in 2016 with Twitter, with Periscope, with everything that you really don't miss the game. You used to, you know, try to get to a television somewhere else and watch it. You don't have to do that anymore, and you didn't because apps came along. The Score Center app, you know, with the game tracker, you could watch every single play. But now, if you don't want to use that, you can just jump on Twitter. You can follow, if you're a Cowboys fan, for example, RJ Ochoa. He's tweeting everything that's going on in the game. And then at halftime, you can watch him on Periscope, and he'll give you a rundown of what happened. After the game, you can do that. And when the scoring plays happen, the teams and other people tweet GIFs or videos of the scoring plays so you can watch it. If you miss the game, you're in a far better equipped place to get caught up than you ever have been. That's just where we are in society with technology, and that's a beautiful thing. But the NFL doesn't want that. The NFL wants you to watch it how they define. The NFL wants you to watch it on TV. Why? Because they want those ratings. And earlier on uh, on Friday, Darren Ravel, who is a great uh, sports business reporter for ESPN, he tweeted out an internal NFL memo that was sent to address concern as to why ratings this season are so far down. And in this memo, the NFL talks about how their ratings among total viewers are down 11%. And between ages 18 and 49, which is the NFL's primary number one demographic, they are down 12%. That's a big deal. That's a big, scary number if this is your corporation. Those are a lot of people that are not watching your product that you want them to. And the NFL is the you know biggest deal in town. It's the biggest show on earth. It's the biggest, most watched ticket that there is. And so this is concerning to them. You know, in this memo, and you should you should follow Darren Rovell. He's amazing, in my opinion. He tweets such interesting things. You can follow him on Twitter, at Darren Rovell. But, and you can look at this memo, and I'll retweet it for you to check it out. Just follow me. Again, that is at RJ Ochoa. That the NFL, this is a, a memo, again, sent internally to address all, all these things and sort of calm people down. It talks about how there's no doubt, in terms of the NFL's opinion anyway, that this year's presidential election has affected viewership. And it talks about Monday Night Football when the Saints hosted the Falcons. If you remember, they went head-to-head in terms of timing and showing and you know things on television with the presidential debate, the first one. And the same thing will happen on Sunday Night Football between the Packers and the Giants. We'll see how the ratings fare that day. 
and but there is no doubt that that would affect it. That makes sense in a normal year. Obviously, and again, we're not going to get too political here. This year's presidential election is a little bit more reality TV-ish, so people feel the inclination to watch it, and that is what has affected this. I get that, and that makes sense. And honestly, if this was your business, I think all of us would understand that. But the NFL here, in this memo, twice refers to itself as, quote, the most powerful programming on television. And that's a, you know, that's a, a big quote. The word power, okay? I used the word control, but they refer to themselves as, again, the most powerful programming on television. And it's true. It, the NFL says that 63 of the top 100 shows in 2015 were NFL games. And that makes sense. These are the most watched programs on television. They, they're huge. They're ginormous. They destroy the competition. But some of that destroying is being minimized by the fact that if you can't watch a game, you can get the content somewhere else. And they're trying to clamp down on that and eliminate that so that you have to go to, you know, the primary source. You can't go to a secondary source. They don't want that. And because they own all these things, they can say that. And it's actually a dumb idea. They're going to push fans away and they're going to lose money because of this, you know, insistence on, you know, running everything. It doesn't make sense. It really and truly doesn't. But what I will say, and I talked about this on Periscope on the on Ocho Live after Thursday Night Football, I've talked about it here, how I believe that streaming is the way of the future in all elements of media. And I don't just mean sports. I mean entertainment, okay? I do Ocho Live every single day at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do it after every Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night football game. We talk about whatever, okay? Now, this is the future. Why? Because, again, when I said that I used to go watch, you know, NFL Network after a Cowboys game, I would have to wait and wait and wait until they talked about the Cowboys. If you're a Cowboys fan, like I said, you can follow RJ Ochoa. If you're a Panthers fan, there are the RJ Ochoas of the Panthers world. There are the RJ Ochoas of the Raiders world. There are all these people so that you can customize your feed and your timeline and you can find content specific to you. And that's where all these things are headed. Think about it. You probably know, and I said this before, you probably know somebody who doesn't have cable anymore, that they've said, oh, I don't need it. I can just get by with Netflix and with HBO Go, with Hulu Plus, you know, with Showtime, whatever, you know, every single place, every single thing has a way to do it now. Right? That makes sense. But, you know, you you think about this and... That's where we're headed. The only thing you need cable for right now that you absolutely need it for is sports because sports are live. If you watch a show, you've kind of reached a point where you're at peace, you know, missing it live. And you can watch it the next day on Hulu or whatever. But you can't watch sports like that. You can't watch them delayed because they're water cooler talk. That's what the thing and, – and that goes for a few things. Obviously, like the presidential debate would be one of them. I think award shows are kind of like that. But even think about award shows. Think about entertainment, okay? You no longer are going to have to watch the E! channel on the day of the Emmys to see all the red carpet stuff. If there's somebody, they can go post up out there, fire up a Periscope feed, and you can watch it there. And you don't need to pay for cable. You just need to have an internet signal and you're good to go. That is the future. You would think that the NFL would be smart enough to try to own that market instead of fighting it because there is no fighting it. This is the way of the future. It's going to get here whether the NFL wants to accept it or not, and they're limiting themselves and they're hurting their brand by, you know, dictating how the team social media accounts do this type of thing and finding them $25,000, $50,000. That's absurd. It really is absurd when you think about it. But what makes the NFL, and again, they refer to themselves twice as the most powerful programming, powerful being the key word there. What makes them so powerful, and this is just the truth, we have to accept it, is they can impose all these silly rules, they can say all these silly things, all these stupid things, and frankly, they are stupid. The way the NFL is handling this is stupid. Nevertheless, I will watch on Sunday. You will watch on Sunday. Everybody will watch on Sunday. They could do a hundred stupid things between Monday and Saturday, but we will still watch on Sunday. That's how good the product truly is. And they know that. It's just a shame that they can't make it that much more great.
it really is a shame. Make, you know, from a, a perspective of logic, it's a shame. From a perspective of common sense, it is a shame. It doesn't make sense to me. It wouldn't make sense to anybody with common sense. And I know that you have common sense because you listen to the RJO Show. And speaking of the RJO Show, we're obviously on it here. This is episode 40, and we're going to get into our week five picks. You and me, we're going to do this big. I have all my picks written up for you at slantsports.com. You can check them out and, uh, you know, go read all them there. But we'll talk about them right now when we come back after the break. Talking week five, every single pick, except for Thursday Night Football, because that game didn't matter. We will be right back after the break here. What up, world? It is obvious how much I believe in the future of media in terms of a sports and entertainment landscape, and that is why every day at 3 p.m. Central Time, you can catch me on Ocho Live. Ocho Live is the only daily Dallas Cowboys video streaming option you can watch on my own personal Twitter or Periscope pages, or you can watch on the Inside the Star Facebook live feed. Every day on Ocho Live at 3 p.m. Central Time, we talk about the world of the Dallas Cowboys. What's going on? Who's hurt? Who's not hurt? Breaking news. My thoughts. My opinions. I go over posts that I write at InsideTheStar.com like my bold predictions. We talk about it. I share my thoughts, my opinions. You share your thoughts and your opinions. And it comes out, it is the best place to hang out for Cowboys and for football fans in general. It's something that you really want to be a part of because the future is coming and you want to be a part of the future. Make sure you like Inside the Star and Slant Sports on Facebook and come hang out with us every day at 3 p.m. Central Time for Ocho Live. Now let's get back to this episode of the RJO Show. Welcome back. I love me some football, and I know that you love you some football. That's why we're all here. That's why we lift all them weights. We love this crazy game and all of its ensuing elements. It's the best. And I can't believe that it's already week five. I mean, it feels like just yesterday, seriously, that we were talking about, man, the season is here. I'm so excited. I got to draft my fantasy team, blah, blah, blah. It's week five. A quarter of the season is in the books for every team except for the Packers and the Eagles. More than a quarter of the season in the books for the Cardinals and the 49ers who played what the NFL calls a real football game on Thursday Night Football this week. But there is a smorgasbord of games that we have to get to to discuss and to pick. Let's begin. The Chicago Bears, 1-3, and three, will take on the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis, One who are also 1-3, and three, and this is a rough game. And again, by the way, you can read all of these picks at slantsports.com. Make sure you like Slant Sports on Facebook, follow at Slant Sports on Twitter, and every week I'll have a lot more NFL-related content, not necessarily Cowboys content. I'll still be doing my Cowboys stuff at Inside the Star, but lots of NFL stuff at Slant Sports, including these picks. But the Colts are looking rough, man. And the Colts lost in London, elected not to have a bye after the London game, the first time an NFL team has chosen to do that. And you know what? If the Colts drop this game, the water is going to be hot for Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson. They look like a mess. Andrew Luck, poor Andrew Luck, is having to do everything. And, I I mean, again, all these details. And if they come home and they lose at home to the Bears, the Bears, the Bears, and I know that Justin Twell of Inside the Pylon is a, is a loyal listener, and shout out to Justin all the way in Australia, and I love the Bears. I want them to be good, but let's call a spade a spade here. The Bears are garbage, and if the Bears beat the Colts, Indianapolis is going to have some splaining to do, and it's going to be a rough uh, matter of affairs. But either way, I've got the Bears. I believe in the Bears. 27-21 is where I will go. Patriots, who are 3-1 and in Cleveland, taking on the winless Browns. This was supposed to be the game that Josh Gordon came back for the Browns, but he elected to uh, put his football career on hold, perhaps permanently. And, uh, hey, you know, the Browns, they got Terrell Pryor, who's killing it, so they're all right. And Isaiah Crowell, who's, you know, surprisingly really dominating the ground game. The Browns are actually the number one rushing team in the NFL. So shout out to you, Cleveland. But on the other side of things, Tom Brady is 
back. That's right. Mr. Perfect is back in our lives after serving a four-game suspension for a ridiculous penalty that happened what feels like 500 years ago. Deflategate is dead, thank God. But Tom Brady is back. He is going to destroy the hopes and dreams of all Clevelanders. 33-10, give me New England. This is going to be a lot of fun. Although I don't think Gronk has a good game. I'll say that Gronk is still not himself totally health-wise. I think Martellus Bennett has a nice game. So, Moving on, the 3-0 undefeated Philadelphia Eagles fresh off their bye travel to Detroit to take on the 1-3 Lions. Jim Schwartz coming home to the team he used to be the head coach of, although he's already done that before as a member of the Bills, yada, yada, yada. Look, I want the Lions to be good. I want them to be interesting, but I just killed the Colts potentially for losing to the Bears. The Lions did lose to the Bears last week, and it was embarrassing. And I just don't think the Lions have the goods to hang with the Eagles. I do think, actually, that this is the week Carson Wentz finally throws an interception, although he has been amazing so far. I don't think he has his best game, but the Eagles' defense, led by Jim Schwartz, just is so good and will have a message to prove. I think the Eagles take this one 27-20. Next game, if we have have any listeners in the Florida area, Your th- our thoughts and our prayers are with you and your loved ones. If you don't live there, but you have family or friends who do, obviously our, our thoughts and well wishes are with them and everyone. Please stay safe amid Hurricane Matthew. Hurricane Matthew actually led to the cancellation of the LSU Florida game. And so we'll see what happens here because the Titans are visiting the Miami Dolphins. Both of these teams are one and three. Like again, we will see what the NFL does with the location of this and what happens. But either way, you know, to the football of this, it is rough, man. I, you know, the Dolphins should be exciting. You think about it, they've got Adam Gase, who's an offensive mind. Ryan Tannehill is a great athlete. Jarvis Landry is so much fun. They have Indomitong Sue. They have Cameron Wake. The Dolphins on paper look like a great team. But amazingly, because they're the Dolphins, they managed to come out and be so boring every week. And they wore those just wretched Thursday night football color rush uniforms last week in Cincinnati. An unforgivable act in my mind. You have aqua as one of your primary colors. Aqua is such a cool color. And you decide to go with orange color rush uniforms in the stadium of a team whose primary color is orange. That's a level of incompetence that I can't even fathom. And that's why I'm going with the Titans here. DeMarco Murray looks rejuvenated. I'm happy for him. He's kept Derrick Henry at bay. Marcus Mariota is being wasted by Mike Malarkey and his staff. But either way, the Titans seem to have figured this out on the ground. I will take them in a low-scoring game, 17-13. Give me the Titans, the Houston Texans, who are still 3-1. and one. You know, it feels a lot worse in Houston. I know Jimmy Jalsethna feels that way without J.J. Watt, who's on IR and done for the season. They are visiting the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings play in their brand-new U.S. Bank Stadium, which on Monday Night Football last week, John Gruden and Sean McDonough just thought was the most extravagant place they'd ever been in their lives. They just raved and raved and raved about how this was the most outstanding facility they'd ever been to. Guys, you've been to a lot of NFL stadiums. Be cool. You know, it was weird. But uh, the Vikings are so impressive. What Mike Zimmer has done, coach of the year, Mike Zimmer, again, lock it up. He is winning that thing. I mean, I have, I have no reason to pick against the Vikings here. I believe in them. Sam Bradford, another guy who I'm really happy for. The Vikings are finding ways to get it done. Their defense is so good. At every level, their defense is phenomenal. The weakest part of the Vikings is Blair Walsh. I mean, and I feel bad for Blair. At this point, I think it's all mental. But the Texans, I do think that Will Fuller is the real deal. I just don't think that he is even anywhere close to enough to get it done. I'll take the Vikings, although it'll be kind of low scoring. 26-17, Skull Vikings. So, this next game, you know, when the schedule comes out, you look at a bunch of games and you say, man, that one's going to be exciting. I really want to watch that one. That's going to be the time when I have to start my fantasy, guys. I thought in the offseason that this would be a great game. And it's probably not going to be. We have the one and three New York Jets who are visiting the three and one Pittsburgh Steelers. Now the Jets employ Ryan Fitzpatrick at the quarterback position for whatever reason. There's not a good one. He has thrown nine nueve interceptions in his last two dose games. That is awful. If you are averaging four and a half interceptions a game, you are not going to win football games. One and three is awful. And the Jets are in the middle of a rough run. If we're being totally honest, I mean, they played the Chiefs, you know, they've got to play the Steelers, they got the Cardinals coming up. I mean, the poor Jets, are, and, and you know, they've already played the Patriots. I mean, 
the Jets just look rough. I, I feel so badly for them because I want them to be – oh, I'm sorry. They haven't played the Patriots, but they did play the Seahawks. That's who it was. I got my Super Bowl 49 teams confused. I mean, the Jets just look – they look weird. They look out of touch. Eric Decker might be done for the season. And on the other side of the ball, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Jesse James. I mean, this offense, Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams. I mean, they're going to score a million points. I mean, there's no way to stop them. They looked incredible on Sunday Night Football at home against the Chiefs last week. I will take the Steelers here 38-20. to 20. I, I mean, I love you, Brandon Marshall. Please do well for me. But, dude, it's going to be tough. Next game, this is the battle of the state of Maryland. The Washington Redskins visiting the Baltimore Ravens. The 2-2 two and two Redskins taking on the, Reds, uh, the Ravens who just lost their first game of the season last week. A fun last-second game that they lost to the Oakland Raiders who we'll get to in a little bit now. This game is kind of interesting because the Redskins are kind of starting to come into their own. Kirk Cousins kind of finding his 2015 groove a bit. And Joe Flacco's leading a quietly impressive offense. Steve Smith sort of woke up. Mike Wallace seems to have found new life in Baltimore after a year lost in Minnesota. And the Ravens released Justin Forsett, who had an amazing tweet about looking for work. He's a great guy. Obviously, hope he catches on somewhere. But the Ravens have Terrence West, who looked great in the preseason, and now he looks amazing. I just don't think that the Redskins have enough offensive firepower because I think that Kirk is more likely to make a mistake than Joe Flacco. And for that reason, I'll take Baltimore 30-24. to Next game, I love a good Super Bowl rematch, and this is a rematch of Super Bowl 33. The Atlanta Falcons headed a mile high to take on the Denver Broncos. The undefeated reigning world champion Denver Broncos welcoming these Falcons who only have one loss. Now, I've been really critical of the Falcons before. I really have and I've said that they're overrated. I've said they're all hype and they're, you know, this and that or whatever. Matt Ryan is is all hype and I still believe that to a large degree. I believe that Matt Ryan is all hype. I believe the Falcons in general are all hype. The one factor that I'm willing to concede on this and that I am conceding is Julio Jones. There was a time when I'm a Cowboys guy, obviously, where I believed, and I stand by this at this, you know, at the time that Des Bryant was better than Julio Jones. I thought it was a joke to compare the two. Maybe not a joke, but still, you get the point. Julio Jones is the second best receiver in the NFL right now. The only person better than him is Antonio Brown. Julio Jones had 300 yards receiving last week at home against the Carolina Panthers. That is absurd. Three bills, three C-notes on the day for Julio. Amazing. Matt Ryan, as a result, went over 500 yards. Congratulations. That's just, I mean, an astounding day offensively for the Falcons. But that's all they are. The Falcons are a one-trick pony, and that trick's name is Julio Jones. And the fact that Julio Jones is actually so amazing, in my mind, is an indictment against Matt Ryan. The fact that he has this all-world talent but isn't able to put it together consistently speaks to how inept he truly is. But, you know, that all being said, Julio Jones versus this Broncos defense is maybe the matchup of the week because you've got what to this point is still the best defense in the NFL. I think the Vikings are making a run at that claim, but at this point we have no evidence to suggest that anyone other than the Broncos is the best defense in the NFL. And so whoever wins is going to win this game. That individual matchup, and individually I mean Julio versus the Broncos secondary, it's going to be so much fun. It's happening in mile high, and I just don't think that Matt Ryan can overcome Vaughn Miller and that vaunted Broncos front seven. I just don't. I mean, the Broncos are too good. I'll take the Broncos maybe on a last-second field goal, 23-20. to 20. Next game, and this is a shocker, you've got the 2-2 two and two Buffalo Bills coming off of back-to-back wins against the Cardinals and a shutout win in Foxborough visiting the Los Angeles Rams, who are not only 3-1, and one, but they lead their division. Jeff Fisher very infamously said on Hard Knocks that his team was not going to go 7-9, and nine, they weren't going to go 8-8, eight and eight, they weren't going to go 9-7, and seven, they weren't even going to go 10-6, and six, that they were 2 talented and amazingly Jeff Fisher is kind of backing that up I think we all have to eat some crow in this regard now the Bills are without Sammy Watkins and 
Uh, we've seen good teams, really good teams, what we think are good teams, struggle against this Rams defense. We saw the Seahawks struggle. We saw the Cardinals struggle. So the Bills, I like Tyrod Taylor a lot. I really do. And Reggie Bush is returning home. He's playing in the Coliseum, which is really funny when you think about it. But I just don't see how the Bills can get it done if the Seahawks and the Cardinals couldn't. I think that the Bills are a little interesting, probably a little bit more interesting than we gave them credit for after they got blasted on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago to the Jets. But I am amazingly confident in Jeff Fisher's Rams. I know. I can't believe it either. Give me Rams 22-17. to 17. Moving on, we have the Cincinnati Bengals, who are an even 2-2 two and two on the season after picking up a win last week on Thursday Night Football, visiting AT&T Stadium and the 3-1 and one Dallas Cowboys, led by Siegfried and Roy. That's right. This week, I have nicknamed Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott Siegfried and Roy. Why? Because Siegfried and Roy, with the lone exception of that one time, tame Tigers. Bengals are Tigers. Bam! That is how... I roll. And Siegfried and Roy do their deal in Vegas. What's the Vegas of the NFL until it's actually Vegas when the Raiders play there? It is Dallas where the Cowboys play. And I believe that Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are really going to take control of this game. We will have no Tyler Eifert. We'll see what happens with Des Bryant, although I do believe that Tyron Smith is going to play. He's probably a bigger deal this game than Des. But Zeke is on fire right now. Zeke is leading the NFL in rushing with 412 yards, coming off of a 138-yard performance in San Francisco. The Bengals have a great front seven as well, a great front four, and it's going to be a big test, probably the biggest litmus test for the Cowboys this season. But I will take the Cowboys. 27-23, all their games have been closed down to the end, and I think this is no exception. So, Moving on, we have the San Diego Chargers, who are 1-3, now without the services of Jason Verrett, as we talked about being put on IR, visiting the Oakland Raiders, who are 3-1 and one, and the most fun team in the NFL. Derek Carr is just so much fun to watch play football. I actually traded for Derek Carr with Jimmy Jalsethna in the LXG, our league of record, this week. And I just don't see any way that, again, now without Jason Verrett, that the Raiders don't get this done. The poor Chargers, man. They've lost Keenan Allen, Danny Woodhead, Manti Teo, Jason Verrett, obviously. I mean, this team is decimated. And it's amazing, really. It really is amazing that they're 1-3. You could argue the Chargers could be 4-0. They've been in and almost won all of their games. But that's just sort of the San Diego story. It's close but not close enough. I will take the Raiders here in a big-time scoring affair, 34-30. to Sunday night football, Carrie Underwood, you know, singing the song. I'm, I'm learning to love it. I'm, I'm, you know, getting there. The New York Giants, 2-2, two and two, visiting the 2-1 and one Green Bay Packers, who were coming off of their bye. This game happening at the historic and iconic Lambeau Field. Again, we talked about earlier how this game would be headed up against the presidential debate. Um, and, you know, so we'll see what happens with the ratings. We'll talk about that on Tuesday next week on the RGO show. That's right. I know, you know, we've gotten some organizational things mixed up, but there will be a Tuesday episode, I promise you. So, Packers, Giants. And there's a lot to talk about here on the Giants side of things because Odo Beckham Jr. came out and said that he wasn't having fun anymore. He told ESPN's Anita Marks. And then, you know, his offensive coordinator came to his defense and said that players who are trying to get in Odell's head are just scared of him, that they don't want to take him on. This is the biggest load of hogwash that I've ever heard. I, I, I can't believe this situation. It is a shame because Odell Beckham Jr. is so immensely talented that he's distracting from that fact by being a prima donna odell is without question the biggest diva in the nfl and wide receivers are innately divas but he is far and away the biggest it's it would be obnoxious to be his teammate and we'll see what the giants decide to do we're looking way down ahead after his rookie deal is over because of the distraction that he can be and again we've talked about on ocho live when your you know baggage outweighs your worth teams make a decision and so we'll see what the Giants do in a few years but Odell Beckham coming off of a 23-yard performance on Monday Night Football against the Vikings that is not good it's not like the Packers boast the best defense in the NFL but they know how to beat teams and I don't have any doubt that the Packers are going to know how to beat Odell Beckham Jr. and know how to get in his head and Aaron Rodgers off the bye at home Lambeau Field Sunday Night Football primetime I am not going to bet against Aaron Rodgers. I will take the Packers 38 to 17. Our final game of the week, 
Monday night football. And again, this one kind of like the Dolphins game. If you're in this area, you have family there. Thoughts and prayers with you and all of them. Monday night football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were 1-3 visiting the shockingly also 1-3 Carolina Panthers. What is going on with the Panthers? Seriously. Cam Newton has not at all looked like his 2015 MVP self. The only Panther I really believe that has, has looked like last season is Greg Olson. He's the only guy who's looked truly dominant. Kelvin Benjamin has come back and, and been impressive, obviously missing last season. But the Panthers are 1-3. and three. And that's a point where you start having a discussion, like what's wrong with us? How do we fix this? If you fall to 1-4, and four, your season isn't over, obviously, but... It becomes incredibly difficult, especially when you consider what the Falcons are doing in that division. So the Panthers, I don't want to call this a must win, but this is a win or have a very serious discussion. The Buccaneers, on the other hand, it's disappointing. I really thought Jameis Winston was going to make a leap this season. Mike Evans is you know, playing very well, though. I think Dirk Cutter and the Bucks just need time. I really do believe they'll be a good team moving forward, but I just don't think they're there yet. And so right now, I'll take the Panthers 23-14 to 14 on Monday Night Football to wrap up week five. We will be back here on the RJO Show to wrap up this episode as soon as this break is over. So don't go anywhere, digest all those picks, and come back for one last round of this good time. We'll be right back after this break here on the RJO Show. It just takes some time. Cowboys Nation, it is RJ Ochoa, staff writer for InsideTheStar.com. Inside the Star, you need to know about it. It is your home for the best Dallas Cowboys news and analysis on the web. At Inside the Star, myself and my fellow teammates work 24-7, 365 to make sure that you, the voices of a nation, are caught up on everything concerning America's team. We have game previews, game recaps, bold predictions, film analysis, real talk, anything and everything that you need about the Dallas Cowboys, you can find at InsideTheStar.com. Make sure you check us out on the web, obviously, InsideTheStar.com. You got this. You can find Follow us on Twitter at Cowboys Nation or at Inside the Star DC. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Just search for Inside the Star. Or you can hang out with us on Google+, Snapchat, or Instagram. Now let's get back to this episode of the RJO Show. Welcome back to the RJO Show. That is right. We are here in the final segment talking all about I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're having a great life. I hope that this uh, this show, this episode, has somehow improved that, even if it is by one thousandth of a degree. So, we went through all of week five, all our picks. Obviously, we're going to get them all right. I think that makes sense. I mean, you think about it, there are four teams on a bye. That means that there are 14 games. One of them already happened, and I picked the 49ers. So we're off to a good start. <laughs> so um, obviously I'm really excited about cowboys Bengals. I will be there watching the Cowboys take on the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, October 9th. If you are going to be there, find me on Twitter, at RJ Ochoa. We will set things up and have a good time because I'm planning on doing a bunch of Ocho Live streams from the stadium, obviously at halftime and the post game, like we always do. And, uh, you know, we'll make sure that that gets done. It's going to be a fun weekend in, uh, in Arlington. You've got the Rangers playoff fever in the town. Hopefully they're able to win game two. Um, you've got the Red River shootout. You've got the Texas State Fair. It's just a big Texas weekend. Everything is bigger in Texas. That's how it rolls and um you know i really wanted to just wrap up again you know obviously we ran through the picks and everything already but i wanted to wrap up talking about this nfl thing and and um you know how passionate i am on this idea and i love the nfl i love nfl history and i love reading about nfl history i love watching documentaries and in fact by the way i just read this great book um you know this this phenomenal book that we um we have published uh, an article for you at InsideTheStar.com, all about it. It's a review, and the, um, the the author Jim Reeves, former 
uh, prize-winning sports columnist for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. He uh, was kind enough to let us preview it, let me preview it. It's called Dallas Cowboys, The Legends of America's Team. It's a great book. It's 192 pages. It's a great read. Just great encyclopedia sort of storytelling uh, by Mr. Reeves. And we've got that link for you at InsideTheStar.com. We have links for you and how you can buy it, and I highly recommend it. But, you know, so I love the NFL. And so for me, you know, I, I talk a lot about when I was in high school, and, and that was when I really – really fell in love with this game and in this league and and the pageantry of it all and so for me things like this like the nfl what they're doing and if you haven't caught on by now i'm talking what we talked about in the earlier segment about how they're clamping down on social media accounts and um, not letting teams tweet videos and things like that this this really is a big deal to me because i don't want to believe that the nfl is all about money and that they're these corporate you know, yahoos that are have that one goal, that singular goal. I don't want to believe that. I, I don't. The, you know, the optimist in me wants to believe that they go to work every day to make sure that this game is at its best quality for the fans. And I think you reach a point in life where some of that illusion is shattered. And that's just life. That's just growing up, you know, and, and, and it sucks. But the NFL continues to perpetuate the idea that they're all about money when they do things like this. And you know what is actually insulting to our intelligence is in the memo that we talked about, again, segment one, where the NFL told, you know, its its teams and its, you know, important people that, hey, our ratings are dipping. They not only refer to themselves twice as the most powerful programming in sports, but they made sure to mention they did talk about how they believed that the presidential election had an impact, and I believe that too. That makes sense in the world of television, especially because this specific election is has does have such a reality TV flair to it. But you know, and then again, you know, wh- however you feel in terms of politics, you know, you're not getting that on the RJO show. Here, you're getting good times, fun, and football. But what the league did mention in this memo was that they did not believe that it had anything to do with Colin Kaepernick and his protests and the residual protests. Now, I don't think that that makes sense. I think that it certainly does make sense that that has affected, whether it's viewership or culture or opinions, it is without a doubt affected consumption of the NFL, however you want to define it. And that's what bothers me is just, you know, that they would hand you this memo and that they would think that you would just read it and say, oh, you, you're right, I, I trust that. There's no question that it has affected things. And I think that, you know, I I do believe that there are certain moments in NFL history. That's why I loved the series, the the timeline. I love every episode they put out. All of them are so great. I mean, shout out again to Paul Camerata and Chris Weaver and Shannon Furman and all the NFL films, people that work so hard to put those together for us. But, you know, there are defining moments, defining years, defining seasons in NFL history. I think 1983 is one of them, you know, obviously the big quarterback draft and the big first round it was and how it shaped, you know, what was the the late 80s and the early 90s. I think 2002 is one of them, the divisional realignment, but I think 2006 is another one of those years. And I think that we're on the verge of another one. 2016 could be one because of where we are with with technology. Again, the NFL on Thursday night football and they've done this before this season, but they streamed a game on Twitter. If, I mean, you need to understand where this can go. The amount of money lying in this is incredible. The, the, the ramifications this can have on media and how we consume it, how we consume sports. I mean, and, and again, this is just not even the tip of the iceberg. We're talking about movies, television shows. I mean, think about, you know, there are rumors that Disney wants to buy Netflix. And again, this isn't, you know, a, a, a pop culture podcast. But if that happens from a sports angle, seriously, Disney owns ESPN. Okay, so you're telling me that if Disney doesn't own Netflix, they can't put all their 30 for 30s on Netflix. They can't put old games on Netflix. I mean, streaming is the way of the future because the Internet is is what everything in the future is based on. And I think that streaming games like this, there are also rumors, by the way, that Disney wants to buy Twitter. So if Disney, a.k.a. ESPN, owns Twitter, you can bet your bottom dollar 
that there will be far more than just a handful of NFL games streamed on there. This is the future, and it's unfortunate that the NFL can recognize it in certain regards where they can benefit from, but they can't recognize it in other methods like this social media thing. And why this really bothers me is, again, I talk about being in high school, and I think about those days, how much I would have loved the current culture that there is in NFL Twitter, Cowboys Twitter, whatever you want to call it. It is a family. I, I legitimately believe that you you jump on Twitter and you see an article, you see a funny tweet, you see something, you share it with those closest to you, and, and those are your friends. Those are my friends. And it, it is such a special thing, and that the fact that the NFL would – would you know ruin that to a small degree we'll see how i'm really curious to see how nfl teams handle this starting this weekend with the type of tweets they send um you know and you know whatever they do i think that this could define a huge amount of how the nfl is consumed in the digital age and we've been you know digitized for a long time in society but we're at a point now where it is far bigger and far larger than ever before and again the NFL, I think, is panicking a little bit with their their ratings. That's why this happened, because they want you to watch it their way. They went out of their way to say that they didn't think that the Colin Kaepernick thing had anything to do with this. Nobody prompted them to say that. They went out of their way to say that. There, I believe, is some small panic in the NFL front offices. But, you know, at the end of the day, their product is better than anybody else's, and they'll be fine. It's just a matter of not being as great as they could be. But, hey, who am I? I'm RJ Ochoa, the host of the RJO Show, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the RJO Show. It was number 40. I can't believe that we are 40 into uh, to this podcast and its history. And if you've listened to one minute, one episode, or all of them, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I haven't said this in a while, but I have the time of my life putting this together, and I appreciate all of you who listen. Make sure you check out InsideTheStar.com for such great Cowboys analysis. We have such great writers working at InsideTheStar.com. Make sure you watch Ocho Live. Hang out with me uh, every day as we talk Cowboys, we talk shop, we talk NFL, we talk life on Ocho Live. Make sure you subscribe to the RJO Show. You can check it out, RJOchoShow.com, or subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. I hope you have yourself a great weekend. Fall is, is really starting to get here. Like I said, I'll be in the Arlington, Dallas area enjoying it. If you're there, I'd love to hang out. Let me know. But uh, wherever you are, I hope it is a good time as always. And I hope you had a good time here. As always, remember that I'll see you next week for two episodes starting Tuesday where we recap week five, go over all the picks that we got. I know I teased you with the as always. Um, but, yeah, we'll be back early next week talking about all this fun stuff and football. Now, for real, as always, go Cowboys. And peace out. <laughs> Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.